Part four, chapter three of the life of Florence Nightingale, volume one. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. The life of Florence Nightingale, volume one, by Edward Tyus Cook, the founder of modern nursing, eighteen sixty. Where is the woman who shall be the Clara? or the theresa of protestant england laboring for the certain benefit of her sex with their ardor but without their delusion southey's colloquies eighteen twenty nine the nineteenth century produced three famous persons in this country who contributed more than any of their contemporaries to the relief of human suffering in disease simpson the introducer of chloroform lister the inventor of antiseptic surgery and florence nightingale the founder of modern nursing the second of the great discoveries completed the beneficent work of the first the third development the creation of nursing as a trained profession has cooperated powerfully with the other two and would have been beneficent even if the use of anaesthetics and antiseptics had not been discovered the contribution of florence nightingale to the healing art was less original than that of either simpson or lister but perhaps from its wider range it has saved as many lives and relieved as much if not so acute suffering as either of the other two the profession of nursing is at once very old and very new and the place of miss nightingale in the history of it has not always been rightly understood nursing and even nursing by educated women is very old she herself nursed the unhappy emaciated victims of hunger and disease how often have i seen her wash wounds whose fetid odor prevented every one else from even looking at them she fed the sick with her own hands and revived the dying with small and frequent portions of nourishment i know that many wealthy persons cannot overcome the repugnance caused by such works of charity i do not judge them but if i had a hundred tongues and a clarion voice i could not enumerate the number of patients for whom she provided solace and care this passage which is not unlike some of the panegyrics showered upon florence nightingale's work during the crimean war was written nearly fifteen centuries earlier by st jerome in describing the work of fabiola a lady of patrician rank who in three hundred ninety a d built a hospital at rome where she devoted herself to the care of the sick female nursing is as old as christianity and for centuries the religious orders had sent cultivated women into the hospitals the very name of sister now applied to a rank in the nursing profession in general recalls its historical origin in religious enthusiasm nor was there anything novel in the mere fact though there was much that was novel in the method of miss nightingale's service as a war nurse it was novel in the case of the british army but in that of other countries sisters had already accompanied armies to the field and again it was not an original conception on miss nightingale's part that nurses should be trained for their work her master theodore fleidner had shown the way in germany and in our own country mrs fry's institute of nursing was established in eighteen forty and the st john's house in eighteen forty eight miss nightingale's 
at st thomas's not till eighteen sixty nevertheless though not the founder of nursing florence nightingale was the founder of modern nursing it is not always realized how modern is the institution of nursing on any large scale as a distinct and trained calling i have indicated above the three lines of influence religion war and science along which the development of sick nursing has proceeded miss nightingale came at the psychological moment to give it a vast impetus upon each of those lines religion was tending to become less abstract and more closely allied to the service of man miss nightingale was the saint clara or the saint teresa of the new order for whom southey had called she was prepared by her experience by the character of her mind by the drift of her philosophical speculations not to imitate old forms but to create a new order an order of nurses who should indeed be devoted to their calling but should be organized on a secular basis the deeply religious bent of miss nightingale's character the single-mindedness of her purpose and her constant appeal to high ideals enabled her to give to or at any rate to require from the seculars of the new order something of the devotion possessed by the religious regulars the crimean war in which miss nightingale was one of the central figures gave further force to a movement for increasing the number and improving the qualification of nurses it enlisted sentiment in the cause the american civil war in which as we shall hear presently miss nightingale's example played a great part extended the movement to the united states and the red cross organization may also be considered as an outcome of her work in the crimea the progress of science was tending in a like direction medicine and surgery were on the eve of receiving great developments sanitary science was already making advance at the time when florence nightingale was in training at kaiserwerth joseph lister was a medical student at university college cohn the founder of bacteriology was only eight years her junior parks one of the founders of modern hygiene was almost exactly her contemporary it was inevitable that nursing also should be developed in a scientific spirit and no one was better qualified than miss nightingale to take the lead in such a movement her experience in the east had filled her with a passionate conviction of the importance of sanitary science she was the centre of a circle of earnest and devoted men who were devoting themselves to it she was personally acquainted with many of the leading physicians and surgeons of the day and there was yet a fourth line upon which miss nightingale might seem to be predestined for this special work what is called the woman's movement was beginning there is an old legend wrote miss nightingale at the beginning of her pamphlet on kaiserwerth that the nineteenth century is to be the century of women at the time when she wrote eighteen fifty one the century she added had not yet been theirs but there was a spirit stirring the waters other notable women were at work claiming for their sex a place in the sun of the world's work miss nightingale was not wholly sympathetic to what she called women's missionariness but the circumstances of her own life as the first part of this memoir has shown made her intensely interested in claiming that a woman should not be debarred from entering a walk of life to which she is fitted simply because she is a woman 
and of such walks of life nursing is obviously one controversy is perennial between those who ascribe the course of political or social history mainly to great men and those who ascribe it rather to streams of tendency it is less open to controversy to say that the great men who leave the more permanent mark upon history are those whose genius conforms to the spirit of their time but who are yet a little in advance of their age among such great men the founder of modern nursing is to be reckoned two in what precise respect it may be asked did florence nightingale found modern nursing the answer to this question may i think be disentangled without much difficulty from a good deal of conflicting statement i have referred already in connection with the fettering scruples of miss nightingale's parents to a conflict of evidence upon the morals of hospitals and hospital nurses in the middle of the nineteenth century her own opinion at that time and she did not express it without much inquiry and observation is given in the pamphlet above mentioned where she says that hospitals were a school it may almost be said for immorality and impropriety inevitable where women of bad character are admitted as nurses to become worse by their contact with male patients and young surgeons we see the nurses drinking we see the neglect at night owing to their falling asleep such statements were indignantly denied by other authorities equally well qualified to form a correct judgment controversy broke out upon the subject a few years later in connection with the nightingale memorial fund a correspondent of the times who signed himself one who has walked a good many hospitals gave in eighteen fifty seven the same kind of account that miss nightingale had given in eighteen fifty one he was answered and his statements were hotly denied obviously there were hospitals and hospitals and still more there were nurses and nurses and no general indictment was just on the point of morals upon the question of drinking among nurses both in hospitals and in private service there is less room for doubt dickens was a caricaturist but he was an effective caricaturist and no caricature is effective in its day unless it bears considerable resemblance to the truth in his preface he spoke of mrs gamp as a fair representation at the time martin chuzzlewit was published of the hired attendant on the poor and he might have added says his biographer that the rich were no better off for the original of mrs gamp was in reality a person hired by a most distinguished friend of his own a lady to take charge of an invalid very dear to her this one can the more readily understand in the light of a remark by lady palmerston quoted above mrs gamp said mrs harris if ever there was a sober creature to be got at eighteen pence a day for working people and three and six for gentle folks you are that inwallable person great ladies clearly thought that such persons existed only and could only be expected to exist in the world of imagination and of mrs harris in eighteen fifty four miss mary stanley or a friend of hers sent out a circular very possibly with the knowledge of miss nightingale to various persons connected with hospitals and infirmaries 
of which the object was to suggest that nurses should be instructed on the kaiserworth plan in the art of administering religious comfort to patients the replies which were subsequently printed throw much light upon the position of nurses at the time if i can but obtain a sober set wrote a doctor in the north it is as much as i can hope for i inquired for dr x said another reply about the character of the nurses and he says they always engage them without any character as no respectable person would undertake so disagreeable an office he says the duties they have to perform are most unpleasant and that it is little wonder that many of them drink as they require something to keep up the stimulus the ordinary wages were fourteen pounds to sixteen pounds a year it should be remembered further that hospital nurses had as a rule in the middle of the last century no uniform dress and continued their own food which they bought for themselves eating their meals in the ward kitchens or scullery if the sister happened to be partial to red herrings for breakfast or onion stew for dinner or toasted cheese for supper the consequent state of the ward may be imagined the assistant nurses had to do all the scrubbing and cleaning of the wards and to cook for the other nurses and themselves a side light is thrown on the slovenliness of the arrangements by the account of what happened at king's college hospital when the nursing was taken over in eighteen fifty six by trained nurses from st john's house under miss mary jones by the end of the day the newcomers who had arrived in clean and dainty uniforms were like a set of sweeps or charwomen in such an appalling state of disorder had they found their wards there were some excellent nurses under the old regime apart from those trained at st john's house as sir james paget testified though it may be noted that even amongst his model sisters one was not seldom rather tipsy but the greater part of them he says were rough dull unobservant untaught the stoutest defender of the old system the most stubborn opponent of miss nightingale's reforms gives unconsciously equal support to sir james paget's statement that in the department of nursing there is the greatest and happiest contrast of all mr south was of opinion that all was for the best before miss nightingale began to interfere in the best of all possible nursing worlds but his conception of the ideal nurse is this as regards the nurses or ward maids these are in much the same position as housemaids and require little teaching beyond that of poultice making from all this facts emerge which will clearly explain wherein miss nightingale's work as the founder of modern nursing consisted she was not entirely alone nor was she in point of time the first in the field and there were exceptional cases to which the following statements do not apply but she was able to do on a larger scale and on a scale and in a form which attracted general imitation what others had attempted and speaking generally we may say that before miss nightingale appeared on the scene nursing was and was regarded as a menial occupation which did not attract women of character that it was ill-paid and little respected that no high standard of efficiency was expected and that no training was organized the women picked up their knowledge in the wards they were as the correspondent of the times said meek pious saucy careless drunken or unchaste according to circumstances or temperament mostly attentive 
and rarely unkind but with very few exceptions they were untrained a poor woman is left a widow with two or three children what is she to do she would starve on needlework she is unfit for domestic service she knows nobody to give her charring and has no money to buy a mangle so she gets a recommendation from a clergyman and is engaged as a hospital nurse the change which has come about since miss nightingale's work took effect is strikingly illustrated in the census in eighteen sixty one there were twenty seven thousand six hundred eighteen nurses in hospitals or nurses not apparently domestic servants and they were enumerated in the tables of occupations of the people under the head of domestic in nineteen o one there were sixty four thousand two hundred fourteen nurses and they were enumerated under the head of medicine miss nightingale was the founder of modern nursing because she made public opinion perceive and act upon the perception that nursing was an art and must be raised to the status of a trained profession that was the essence of the matter other things such as the opening of nursing to higher social strata the better payment of nurses and so forth though important and interesting were only results three the means by which miss nightingale achieved this great work were three she brought to bear upon it the force successively of her example her precept and her practice the first two of these aspects of her work will be considered in the remainder of the present chapter the third is the subject of the next chapter no woman i suppose who was not canonized or who had not worn or been deprived of a crown has ever excited among her sex so much passionate and affectionate admiration and set to so many an example as florence nightingale i have tried in an earlier chapter entitled the popular heroine to describe the effect which her work in the crimean war produced upon the minds of her contemporaries to get first-hand impressions the younger readers of to-day must go to their grandmothers or great-aunts it is they who can help us best to some imagination of the thrill which the stories of her nursing in the crimea excited throughout the land of the intensity of sympathetic admiration which went out towards her of the impulse towards a fuller and worthier life which proceeded from her example but old letters are of some assistance too from a packet of family letters here is one from an aunt to a niece april fifteenth eighteen fifty seven i fear from a line in one of the newspapers that florence nightingale's life is approaching an end i have been deeply impressed by her life these last few days which in respect of mine forms but a fragment in regard of time and what she has accomplished a high mission has been given her which has cost her her life to fulfil and how many other minds young and old alike must florence nightingale's example have stirred similar thoughts a lady who had attained high distinction as a nightingale nurse was asked after miss nightingale's death to record her recollections my first thoughts of miss nightingale date back to that winter of frozen rivers when children catching up the rumors of the street ran about shouting sebastopol's taken or danced listening around the old weaver's wife who had come to the door of her cottage to catch the last light and read aloud to her husband what lord ragland was doing and saying 
or later in the hour before bedtime sat at their father's feet while he told of the frozen trenches of the dreary corridors of pain and of that ministering angel whose devotion was lightening a nation's distress or perhaps later still in sleep dreamed children's dreams of creeping amid sleeping russians stealing the golden crown from the czar's head and escaping with it to florence nightingale such experiences left indelibly impressed on the minds of the children of my generation the gentle and heroic figure of miss nightingale often no doubt the impulse was fleeting and the broken purpose wasted in air and often too the impulse was vague and resulted in no definite action yet not on that account perhaps to be cast aside as valueless i have a belief of my own says one of george eliot's characters and it comforts me that by desiring what is perfectly good even when we don't quite know what it is and cannot do what we would we are part of the divine power against evil but often the force of florence nightingale's example was direct and practical among those whom it influenced in this way was louise the grand duchess of baden who in eighteen fifty nine founded a ladies society in baden for the training of nurses she had never seen miss nightingale but a letter filled the grand duchess with enthusiastic gratitude i felt she wrote september eighteen sixty one that both joy and strength had come to me from your dear letter i may try indeed to thank you for it but i shall never succeed in expressing how deeply and how highly i felt your kindness if there is any progress in the work i have so much at heart it is greatly to your encouraging support i owe it those who saw miss nightingale and who were sympathetic felt thrilled in her presence she is so far more delightful in herself wrote clara novello than in one's imagination to nurses already engaged in work miss nightingale's personal influence was an inspiration miss mary jones of king's college hospital addressed her as my beloved friend and mistress i value your nosegay too much to part with any one flower even i look on a visit to you as my one indulgence and greatest pleasure but those who never saw miss nightingale nor even heard from her felt the force of her example in what was publicly known of her career there was as it were a call and a challenge to women here was a woman of high ability and of social standing who had forsaken all to be a nurse she sought to raise nursing to the rank of a high art she had already in some measure done it by her example End of the founder of modern nursing